You're listening to Soundplay, a radio show that features audio work produced by people in the Salem State community. We're your hosts. I'm Tanya Rodrigue, a professor in the English department. I'm Justin Nguyen, an English student here at SSU. Listen to those words coming from those SSU students all day. Soundplay. <laughs> Soundplay. Yeah, trademark. Trademark. Our first story is a sound mini project from Maui Crockett. This was actually made in our very own Professor Rodrigue's audio storytelling class. The prompt was to transform a written description of a memory of photograph sonically. Maybe as you guys listen, you'll get more of a sense of the picture yourselves. We'll follow it up with an interview with Allie, talking about her process, comparing the two versions of her story. Without further ado, I'll let Allie introduce herself. Hi, my name is Allie. I am a junior at Salem State University. I'm a double major of communications and criminal justice. I'm currently in an audio storytelling class, and my piece that I created for our sound project is called A Day at the Ticket Booth. Hey guys, we have a ghost tour tonight at 8 o'clock. Hey guys, we have a ghost tour tonight at 8 o'clock. The Salem night tour is about an hour and 15 minutes long. You do a nice lazy loop around the city and you go to 10 of... 10 of the most haunted locations here in Salem. You talk about Salem's history, the witch history, murder mystery, folklore, and ghost sightings. You only walk less than a mile, which is about a total of 10 minutes of walking. You start and end in front of the murder house right across the street from the Harry Potter shop, right down there by that light post that's covered in all the green stickers. Tickets are $15 for adults, and we have discounts for children, students, and seniors. And we only have a few spots left tonight, so I suggest booking now. Happy Monday. That means I'm back outside of the ticket booth. It's a pretty nice day today. The wind's loud, but you can you can hear the birds. They're clearing all the leaves that fell off the trees in the park. A few people have walked by, but no one's really wanted to stop and listen to my ghost tour speech today yet. Hey guys, we have a ghost tour tonight at 8 o'clock. The Salem night tour is about an hour and 15 minutes long. You do a nice little lazy loop around the city. You go to 10 of the most haunted locations here in Salem. You 
but I don't really mind. It's a nice day, so a lot of the local dogs are out on their walks, and it's at high. You only walk less than a mile, which is about a total of 10 minutes of walking. You start and end right in front of When I got back from my lunch break, I went to the main shop and grabbed a butterbeer. Sometimes it's nice to get away from the Harry Potter soundtrack. I get to sit here and enjoy the sun. Enjoy looking at the park. I guess today is just one of those days where I'm thankful to be where I am. I never really thought that I'd be selling ghost tour tickets through a Harry Potter shop in downtown Salem as my first job. Hi, I'm here with Allie. Thank you for coming in, Allie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we just listened to both versions of your piece. And do you want to just tell us a little bit about, obviously, we know, a l there. I feel like the first version gives us a little bit more personal insight into what kind of inspired this piece than the second one. But um, let's hear from you. Uh, what kind of spurred the moment for you? So I get bored at work a lot. And, As um, does. oh yeah, <laughs> the highlight of my day was that I would be working on weekends when either my aunt or my mom or whoever wasn't working that day would be able to text me back while I was <laughs> patiently awaiting um, possible customers. And I have a group chat with my parents and my aunt and uncle who I'm really um, close with. So I would text them and be like, hey, like, I got to pet like four dogs today, it's so much fun. Or the leaves on the trees look really pretty today and it's becoming some beautiful fall colors. Or my boss is driving me crazy, but I've got this butter beer from the shop, so it's okay, you know? <laughs> so I was <laughs> Exactly. So I was texting them this day that I took this picture and I wanted to be like, hey, like, it's so pretty. I get to sit in front of this park and just look at the trees, hear the leaves, like all of it, take it all in. And I'm paid to do this. Like as much as it's boring to just sit and wait and have to like yell at everyone like, hey, there's ghost tour tickets. Like, come on guys. Like, I don't know. I just got to sit and enjoy the moment around me. Yeah. So looking back at this photo, I remember exactly like the frantic texting between people walking by and just really wanting to remember it, wanting to savor it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so, I don't know, important to me at that moment that I was happy where I was that I had so much passion to like want to make that a project that's awesome um I think there's a really because listening to this um this sound this I think this is a very specific story that can relate to so many other people but specifically people who also work downtown in Salem <laughs> yeah. because when it's not when it's off season every month besides October <laughs> It's a lot of this. Like, I have a lot of friends. I have a couple friends who work at the Witch History Museum. Right, yeah. And they tell me all the time that it's just the absolute weirdest thing for someone to request a tour outside of October. Oh, yeah. And so you spend a lot of time kind of just by yourself. But, you know, you get paid for it. So I guess it's not that bad. Right. But it's really interesting to see how you kind of made the best of the moment. <laughs> and, like, it's just... I guess it's like content monotony. 
Yeah, I, I like that. Um, you mentioned that there's like no more tours really after October. Mm-hmm. My work is one of the only ones left that's not October. There's, I think my boss said like, 50 tour companies in October, and it goes down to about three or four once November 1st hits. It's incredible, but really kind of scary because Mm -hmm. um, I know that, like, my being there rests on that as well. We go from several tours. There's um, a cap. You can have 50 people on a tour, and we do about, like, eight guides get sent out for every time we have in October. So we're doing, like, thousands and thousands of people are going on these tours to... We may sell three tickets for one tour that night, Mm -hmm. and I'm the only one really drumming up business. Um, So I have to, you know, spokesperson. (laughs) Yeah, I have to like shout across the street, be like, please, please be on this tour. Like I promise, it's fun and it's a great tour. It's really like, I don't know, it's worth doing, but no one cares about that anymore. No one, there's no tourists in Salem after that. So it's just kind of me staring off into the distance. It's literally a ghost town. It's literally (laughs) a ghost town. People will come up to me and make that joke several times a day too, which is like (laughs) all the social interaction I get. (laughs) It's it's hilarious. so, like, you have to be creative. Be, like, yeah, it's just yeah. me and a radio and a little ghost tour list that's like, nope, there's one person on the tour tonight. And so when, I have a specific question about when, at what point in the year was this photo taken? I think it was the beginning of November. Um, uh, so maybe right Maybe, like, mid-November. Like yeah, it was... It was that moment where you're still on that high of Salem in October just ended, mm-hmm. and you're used to working more than you think than your body can actually handle, and yeah. you're dealing with so many people. Because I always say that Salem in October is like um, Times Square New Year's Eve. Exactly. Um, and you go from so many people to like no one. You mm-hmm. maybe see one person walk by in an hour sometimes, and it gets really lonely, and it really affects you. Everyone's exhausted. Everyone's like you still... F- unsure that all of it happened um like halloween in like a cold sweat (laughs) yeah yeah like halloween is like this surreal non-existent thing anymore to people that work in downtown salem like i'm not even sure it happened you know so we were all kind of just zombies in the whole month Mm -hmm. of november but this was when it was really is life gonna continue is time (laughs) even passing like i'm not even sure the days are going by anymore That's a very specific thing to this area in general, just because I feel like it starts around probably like mid to late September-ish. Yeah, it's getting earlier and earlier every year now, which is scary. which is insane. (laughs) And it starts around then, and then it just ramps up by the week, and it just, it never, it's very rare that you'll have a slow day in, um, in October, especially if you're working in Salem. Right. And the biggest thing is I f- that I feel like people don't understand if they are tourists is like, oh, wow. Because, like, I was compared to, like, I compare, like, working in Salem to c- people treated almost as whenever I tell someone, like, that I live in Salem or I go to school in Salem, they kind of think of it as, as, like, oh, you go to school at Disneyland. Yeah. Because they only think about it for, like, this very specific moment. Oh, yeah, that makes that makes total sense. All the time. And so yeah. they're just, like, what happens after? I'm, like, it's just it, it it's just a regular city. Like, it's just a regular town. Right. And, like, but to them, like, they know it as, like, oh, like, there's, like, thousands of... They only have that one perspective of Salem in October. And they don't necessarily know what it is outside of it. And I feel like your piece in general gives 
a very localized approach to it. Yes. Um, something I always say is that Salem is one of the like strongest communities I've ever experienced. I've mm-hmm. lived um, in a little town in Connecticut all my life, but I don't know. I've oh, really? um, traveled around or like seen what my parents had to say about where they lived and other places. Um, there's such a sense of community and like togetherness in Salem, and you know we're all in it together for October, but also mm-hmm. there's it's just it's friendships and like being there for each other when it's not in mm-hmm. October. Um, and we all have that commonality of like, we survived October. Exactly. And that's something that we say all the time. It's like, we survived it. Like we walk into work and like, no matter how bad of a day we're having, it's we did it. Um, and that's something that I love Salem for. Um, mm-hmm. No matter how crazy October gets, like every other month is like so peaceful and beautiful. And there's just so much like good like, I don't know, the the feeling I get walking, like, the cobblestones of downtown Salem is just unparalleled. Yeah, no, I feel like I'd compare it to, like, I did some theater in high school. I don't know about you, but, yep. um, yeah, <laughs> so I, and, like, it's, I, I hate bringing it up because we go to a, a generally a, a pretty big theater school, mm-hmm. at least in this area, but um, that aside, it's, it reminds me of the concept of, like, Tech Week, where it's, like, so stressful, yes. and, like, you're, everyone's just, like, I don't even care how, like, how the show goes, like, everyone's just preparing uh, for, like, these three or four performances, like, in high school, and they're and like you're just like I have no idea how I pulled it <laughs> off, but and it's kind of the same concept where like you're going into work, and you're putting on like a song and dance show, <laughs> but for everything's days, on fire and your limbs are falling <laughs> off and you're I I lived off of caffeine. I think I drank like mm-hmm. my weight in lattes from, <laughs> from the shops nearby. Oh my gosh. Um, like every, like everything's insane, and then all of a sudden it's over. Like the show's mm-hmm. done, and you you don't believe that it happened. Like it feels like a dream, but like almost a nightmare at the same time. Yeah. Um. But you love doing it. It's like something addictive about like doing that balancing act almost. Yeah, because I think there's a very what people don't know. If I definitely suggest for tourists, like this is gonna sound weird. I'd suggest for tourists to have come visit Salem a week at like two weeks into like November November yeah because it's you're going from such a high intense highly populated just like you can barely drive or even walk (laughs) oh yeah um it's oceans of people exactly to just it's such the opposite juxtaposed kind of feeling of like like nobody's here (laughs) (laughs) it's so serene to have like the streets to yourself and Mm -hmm. i also think it's fun because everyone's still in like the spooky like fun mode and they're they're still excited about halloween and they're still excited about everything that they've done and they're like i said they're writing that high of i survived october Mm -hmm. so we might be a little slow to like wake up and like get back to it but once you're there it's all the fun shops are still open. All of the tours that are, you know, worth it are still going on. I always say that, like, if someone can last through October, then they're worth going to any other month because they, they earned it. We make all of the money for, like, the year <laughs> exactly. in one month. We go from, I like, in <laughs> we, we had, like, thousands, like, tens of thousands of people go through the streets in front of us like in a day it's 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 insane like there's there's no there's nothing like it to then all of a sudden like not only do you have the streets to yourself but like you have all these fun people that are so excited to like talk to tourists Mm -hmm. and like 
communicate and like explain their I don't know their stories and just they're excited too that there's no one around like they exactly. they want to latch on to you and like give their best yeah, and it's it's such a surreal experience it's but, so much fun yeah but what I think your piece does really well is that it gives insight to what it's like on the opposite end of that right like when you're it um when you're quite literally just by it's like you're just trying to make up your own fun at that point yeah you go from like i don't want to look at another human being ever again to oh dear god please let someone walk by (laughs) in an instant like literally one day difference means like you never have a moment alone Mm -hmm. like you have to like try to find some secret alley to go eat your half hour like <laughs> lunch break or something and you pray that no one recognizes you from the store and then starts asking more questions mm-hmm. to like I would walk up to random people and just try to start talking you get so bored because it's such a stark difference it's there, there it's it's so mind numbing like you you work for how many hours a week I don't even know but like so many days just constant non-stop like there's no breaks there, you're on your feet you're you feel like you're dying. <laughs> like, when you go to bed at night, it's like you have a coma. It's not sleep. And then you do it all over again. And then all of a sudden, you have time in your life again. And you can have like hobbies and interests. And you can text people back. And mm-hmm. then that's all you want to do. It's like you have to, though. Yeah, your, your mind is like it needs that stimulation. It's a really crazy balance. Yeah. Of the year. And I guess um, we'll carry on talk about... Well, circle it back to your process <laughs> right okay um so in between one of the things that i noticed um noticed in terms of differences between your first draft mm-hmm. and your play piece was your first one it felt like you were it like it felt like you were kind of almost analyzing your own situation okay yeah um with all the extra commentary mm-hmm. and i feel like what you the, the difference that you changed in the in your final draft, I guess, is that it made you start telling us less of what's going on and just start showing us, which made it so much more atmospheric. Wait, I think you have it swapped. Oh yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, no, I might have it swapped. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I started off um, wanting to. I was really afraid of making just a normal piece. Just like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about what happened and I'm going to just use the senses and Mm -hmm. paint a picture. But then there was that show don't tell mentality from like second grade. I can remember my teacher, Mrs. Apperson, telling me that over and over and over and over again. And um, like, oh, like I can literally show people Mm -hmm. what it sounds like, what it's like to be at the booth. And um, I scoured all of these um, like royalty-free sound, whatever, like websites for hours. I think I sat, and I didn't mean to do this, but for about five hours the first time I opened up Audacity just to find the perfect like ambient sounds. Like I wanted the exact sound that the um, the crosswalk makes, like that little and I finally found it, and it's. It was labeled as like something in like Singapore or something. I don't know, because um, the way that the crosswalk sounds, like you can kind of hear it over the um, the street noises when you're at the the booth, and it's such a like important part for me for some reason. I just really latched onto that. Um, 
and I needed to have that exactly be like that and I needed to have the exact like right sounds of like what did, what did the wind sound like because mm-hmm. I remember it being like a beautifully windy day but there was these um, people that worked with the museum next to the shop that were um, getting rid of all the leaves they were they had leaf blowers so I found this lawnmower sound that sounded exactly what it was and I was so particular <laughs> about every sound it was driving me crazy but it was fun it was like the best treasure hunt I've ever done and mm-hmm. Like in the end, I was able to play it back to my coworker, and she was like, "Holy shit! Like, oh my gosh, that's exactly the the booth." And she didn't live there the way I did. I I sat at that booth from eleven to eight every Monday, mm-hmm. and um, Fridays and Saturdays I would do like half shifts there and half in the main like Harry Potter shop. Um, but like I lived there, and I just I needed it to be perfect. So exactly. I. And you probably know better than most people. <laughs> like, it, it it had to be. And it was such a strong memory of, um, like, just belonging and loving being there. Mm-hmm. This is this was my first job. I still work there, but this is my first job. And it's something that I, I, I thank, I'm so thankful for every day because I have fun. I have fun coworkers. It's a fun job. Like, yes, it's maddening. <laughs> um, so boring when it's not, like, the season. And then in October, I feel like I'm a zombie that's somehow still alive. But I just, I took that moment to be like, I'm so happy to be where I am. And I wanted that to come through. I wanted, like, the peacefulness and the way that, like, the quiet of having no one talking to me was so deafening as well. That silence is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much in it. Yeah. So I layered, like, so many different tracks on um, in Audacity. I, like, couldn't, like, I was scrolling forever to get through all of it because um, I wanted, like, the sounds of the birds and I wanted the wind and I wanted the footsteps and the cars and I added my own car sounds and I mm-hmm. wanted the butter beer that I was drinking because we have that in the main shop. And I want, like, every little piece and I, all of a sudden it was, like, in front of me. Like, I don't remember exactly doing it. I just know that I meticulously picked out every little piece and then suddenly there was like almost a project in front of me i have a question for you Mm -hmm. so one it's crazy to me that this is your first attempt at creating something (laughs) like this yeah because uh i remember when i was in tanya's class and i had to do this project for the first time about a year ago and i remember really struggling to interpret this one photo because without because I'm more of a visual, I, I work more in visual mediums, mediums anyway, mm-hmm. but I think that it goes to, you know how for certain people when they're, one of their senses, like their sense of sight or sense of hearing is lower, is lower, the other senses are kind of heightened at that point. Right, right. That's what I kind of relied on. Yeah. Because since we couldn't actually show people um, what we're looking at, mm. you that's, I think that's what creates the mindset of trying to meticulously do everything else (laughs) yeah when you go crazy about every other little detail yeah that causes you to go find a singapore like crosswalk (laughs) exactly oh my gosh um when i write for like alphabetic writing um Uh i just kind of let it happen I don't know. I always like to say that, like, I'm not the one writing. It's my hands doing it. Like, my fingers are typing on the keyboard, and, like, it just happens. It appears in front of me. I'm ridiculous. I don't really have, like, an editing process or, like, I don't plan out what I'm doing ahead of time. It just kind of 
comes to me. Yeah. And the exact same thing happened with this project. I don't know how. Um, I guess like the right part of my brain activated and was like, we're going to just do it. And I just sat and created and it just appeared in front of me the same way that like, I don't exactly think about the words I'm typing when I'm writing like a paper or I create a write as well or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it just happened. All of a sudden I looked down and I was like, wow, I have something, you know, I, I created something. Um, and I don't know if that's like a normal thing for people, but most people, I don't know, feel like they have to brainstorm an idea and then achieve it. It just kind of appeared. I know what you mean, because I talk to a lot of my friends um, make different things, whether mm-hmm. it's music or photography or anything. And one thing that we always talk about is when you first start making anything, I feel like you have the, it's all about you learning the skills of right. trying to interpret what you see in your head mm-hmm. as the idea. And that's what that's what happened to you. That's why it took so, you so long to find these specific noises. And I feel like. But the crazy part about this, since this is your first piece, is that you got you really nailed it down to the point where, just from me hearing you talk about it, um, I can really tell that this is like the most accurate depiction of what <laughs> you be, at the ticket booth could be could be like. Right, right. Which is something I feel like it takes people a couple attempts to really just accurately depict what's in their head. Right, and I was. I was go- I was going crazy trying to be like, okay, what's the next tiny sound I can think of that'll be there? Because mm-hmm. like sometimes airplanes go by and I was like, I have to find the right airplane and I couldn't find it so I didn't add it and I still kind of regret that. And I was thinking, okay, but there's all these birds in this one bush right next to the booth and like that's why I needed to have that specific <laughs> sound. And I was just trying to like really sit back and like recall that memory because it was, I, it really helped that I took a moment in that moment then to just sit and take in all of it exactly I took the time to smell the roses and I just took it all in I just wanted to appreciate where I was so then when I did this a long time later um I was able to like really recall that because this wasn't the most recent November this was last year this was last year yeah um I've actually retired the ticket booth we now sell the tickets inside I don't have to return to that thing (laughs) um but I always say hello when I walk by. Um, but it, it's not like a fresh memory or anything. It's something that like I was able to recall, but so vividly. And I had like the feelings in like I don't know my mind's eye, and I like I understood what I wanted to like show. I didn't know how on earth I was gonna do it, <laughs> and I managed to find like the perfect sounds for it, and enough so that. Like I said, when I played it for my coworker, she's like, that sounds exactly like you just recorded from the booth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was surprised that I created that <laughs> rather than just took a recording there. That's awesome. And uh, just to end things off, is there anything that you would like to say to anybody out there um, in terms of how to treat Salem, <laughs> uh, downtown Salem workers during October? <laughs> Oh my gosh, please use your kids' gloves on us. We are so tired. I don't want... So one of my coworkers works like three jobs and she doesn't sleep and she's dealing with these crazy tourists and you're all drunk and loud. And it's, it's all day. We, we're there from eight in the morning to 10 at night sometimes. And, um, you know, the pay is great, but the, it's, it, it's <laughs> the mental health is <laughs> not great. Um, it's 
we all do it because we love it, but it, it helps if you realize that we're people too. Um, and talk to us. We're, you know, we, we like doing that. We, we like being Salem, you know, because yeah. at a certain point we kind of are the face of what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And that's something that isn't lost on us. Um, so yeah. just talk to us, ask questions, and have fun, I guess. It's let, let, let people, would you, like to, would you like to also say, let them... Or uh, be more open to letting them pet your dogs. <laughs> yes, yes. Please let me pet all of your dogs. My um, best friend took a tally. She pet 47 dogs and a bonus cat in the month of October this year. And it was the highlight of our lives, honestly, watching her tally. That was amazing. I think that's what helped her survive October, honestly. Um, it's amazing. Please let me pet your dogs. It's all I need in life. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for sitting in. Thank you. And I can't wait to see what you make next. (laughs) I would like to thank Allie once again for letting us play her piece on our show today, both versions, as well as sitting in for an interview. Our next piece is coming from Margot Shea's public history class titled A Souvenir of Salem. This is from Matthew Swindell and it will feature recollections of his grandmother, Rita Swindell. And Matthew actually made it a point to let me know that his grandmother might actually be listening to today's episode. So if she is, uh, I hope you enjoy Mrs. Swindell. Without further ado, here's Matthew. Salutations! This is Matthew Swindell, and welcome to A Souvenir of Salem. Now today, I would like to share recollections from a part of Salem's past that, while taking place less than a century ago, can today feel like almost a world away, from the 1920s to the 1940s. The recollections I speak of are those from my grandmother, Rita Swinnell, whom I've had the wonderful opportunity to interview. Born in October of 1924, she grew up as the oldest girl of eight siblings, in the Salem neighborhood of Castle Hill, with its Franco-American community and lived there in Salem until her marriage to my grandfather in 1949, moving to her present home in Danvers. Here's some of what she had to say about the neighborhood she grew up in, in Salem, Castle Hill. Well, it was a nice place to grow up in because it it, uh, seemed a little rural, and there was one bus, they called it a jitney, jitney. owned by the Michaud family, and it used to run up and down Jefferson Avenue from downtown uh, Salem to Loring Avenue every half hour. So if we wanted to go where it was bustling Essex Street, we <laughs> just took that bus. Now, as for her schooling, she ended up in the public schools of Salem, but began in the neighborhood Catholic system of St. Anne's Parish. Yes, I went to there was a parochial school there till about the third grade, but all they taught was French, and they taught us French history, and what did we didn't care about that. And we were beginning to talk with quite a French accent, and my father, who was Irish, thought that maybe we should speak better English. So we all went to Saulstall School on Lafayette Street in Salem, and we loved it. It wasn't as strict, (laughs) and we loved it. Growing up here, she also was able to share some memories about her experience during the infamous hurricane of 1938, which battered the region, 
It occurred when she was 13 years old. Oh, I remember that day very well. My mother had gone shopping by the bus, by Michelle's bus, that little jitney, and uh, she didn't realize that it, all of a sudden the wind came. And I remember having my sister, my younger sister, in my arms, you know, going from window to window every half hour to see if my mother was coming home. <laughs> but she was shopping in the third floor in Almy's department store, and she didn't realize it was so windy out because there were no windows there. <laughs> and I remember it very well because we were almost hysteric. My, you know, my younger siblings. <laughs> Where is mom in this wind? And we were afraid because my great grandfather had planted some poplar trees in our backyard and they were bending over and we were afraid we were going to lose them. But we didn't because they were only about, I was maybe 10 when he came and planted them. And uh, so they weren't too old. So they bent and we kept them. Now, to pass the time on less eventful days, my grandmother remembers going to Essex Street's Peabody Museum. Oh, well, of course we knew that. We often went there on Sunday. Nothing else to do when you were kids. <laughs> P&M. Yeah, now it's the P&M. No, look how fancy it was. Just one building. And it used to smell funny in there because they had like a bomb and fluid, <laughs> you know, to keep things fresh. Oh, we spent many a happy time in there when we were kids. Because there was always something interesting to see in the museum. What else was we going to do? <laughs> well, we all played hide-and-seek and things like that in the summer, but in the winter, we would go there in the winter. Yeah. Now, of when she was old enough, my grandmother has memories of getting her first job in an Essex Street store. Oh, yes. There's a lot of lovely stores on Essex Street. When I reached 16, you could get a job on Essex Street. I worked in W.T. Grants right from the day I was 16. I went, my mother took me on that bus and when I got home from school and she said, you have to get a job now. <laughs> I worked uh, all day Saturday. They were open from nine to nine. I think I made about $3.50. I kept the change and my mother got the $3. Graduating from Salem High in 1942, my grandmother remembers where she was when she heard about the bombing of Pearl Harbor, December 7, 1941, when she was 17, and the local impact of the Second World War. Yes, yes, I remember that too. Because when they, war, when they bombed Pearl Harbor, of course I had no idea what Pearl Harbor was. I remember standing and we put the radio on we heard this news because we didn't have anything else but radio. And I stood in the middle of the kitchen and I go, where is Pearl Harbor? I didn't know where it was. And some of my classmates went right off to work. They didn't stay to graduate. That was in December. I feel a little bit guilty because I, I didn't realize things were so bad in New York. Came to when the first young man was killed. He was a cheerleader in Salem High. His name was Dexter Groves. He was in Guadalcanal, and I didn't know where that was either. And he was a nice young man, and we didn't hear about him being killed like for two weeks. He came on in the movie theater. His face is big as the whole screen, and he was laughing. Two weeks later, he was dead. My grandmother's memory is remarkable. 
Private Clayton Dexter Groves indeed was killed in action at Guadalcanal on October 25, 1942, and his high school portrait reveals a smiling young man of a cheerful disposition to be lost too soon. A public square is even dedicated to him in the Juniper Point neighborhood where he grew up at the corner of Beach and High Avenues. Now, I hope you have enjoyed listening to the memories of my grandmother, and I hope that her fine remembrances remind us, in the now, to remember more personally those events of then. They are our rock, our foundation, and as the future becomes the present, we must not forget the experiences of those who have so enriched us. I bid you all thanks, and a good day. Hey, this is Dan Finnerty from the Dan Band. You're listening to WMWM 91.7, fucking Salem. Coffee Time has been a family-owned and operated bakery since 1978. They offer scratch-made pies and scones, and now through Thanksgiving, apple cider donuts and pumpkin cheesecake. Grab a fresh cup of coffee or real hot chocolate milk to go with your favorite treat. Coffee Time, setting the standard for homemade baked goods right here in Salem. Coffee Time, 96 Bridge Street, Route 1A in Salem. Our next one is circling back to the first one. This is another sound mini project from Professor Rodrigue's audio storytelling class, and this one is from Jennifer Moody. Enjoy. This picture was taken in 2015, maybe the beginning of 2016. It was the first time my niece had been to Massachusetts. She was only a few months old, and I remember how tiny she was. And she was so scared when she first came that she cried so much. It was the first time I kind of realized that I was like, well, I'm an aunt. Like, this little thing's gonna depend on me. Um, I remember that night, because me and my mom were babysitting her. And my brother and his wife went out somewhere, I can't remember where. She was wearing her little Bruins outfit my brother said, oh, she's going to be a hockey girl. Always going to love her Bruins. And I just remember her tiny little body resting on my legs and my ankles. And she had just finished eating, so the smell of formula was still in the air. I remember her bright blue eyes staring up at me, and it just made everything so much more real. She had this little giggle, and whenever she did, she had this big smile, her toothless little smile. She liked playing peekaboo. We had been eating Cheez-Its, so like there was a big smell of Cheez-Its in the room. Pretty sure we ate a whole box. I just remember feeling really happy, and like that we finally had this tiny little thing in our arms, that she was really here. We finally had her. And I just remember looking at her, hoping, like, Hopefully she doesn't grow up too fast. So I want to spend as much time with her like him. She had these little bottles. Like she was trying to tell us a story. She was telling us what she dreamt about that night or what she wanted to do. Obviously we couldn't understand her, but she didn't know that at that time. I just remember how happy that moment was. How much I was like, wow, she's finally here. And I finally get to hold her. And she looked right up at me with so much adoration and I just realized 
I love this little girl and she's forever could be such a pride in our family. Salem State University Radio. They must pay us millions to stop broadcasting. WMWM Salem, 91.7 FM and WMWMonline.com. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. We got back. One day he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always can count on him to have my back. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your presence. Your words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at VeteransCrisisLine.net. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Soundplay. Thank you to everybody who was able to share their pieces with us today. And I would like to give a special thanks to Allie for coming in and letting me pick her brain about her process during her piece. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you guys in the next